Go on then, just start I'll start I'm just waiting for it to go. There we go. Okay. Right, we're off and running. So, hello anyone that's listening and welcome to it. Sorry, just me and Sport Billy today, I'm afraid for you. As everyone else seems to have shit out for some reason. I mean, we know where Deeps, Seamus so Deeps will be. He'll be busy sat on his hand making sure it feels like somebody else's because Ralph's just been appointed. Um, but not yeah. sure what's happened to everyone else. Baz is apparently busy at work, which means he's gone. He's probably gone. He's probably gone dogging like Rob. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. No idea where everyone else is though. Maybe cruising. I don't know. So we've just got Baz. We've just got Billy. Even God, not Baz. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Sorry to insult you like that, Baz. Thanks, <laughs> 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 Anytime, mate. Anytime. <laughs> I, do, you, do you ever remember, do you remember sport, Billy? Yeah, yeah, they used to call me that because I was always a sport. <laughs> and, uh, my mother-in-law used to call me with sport, Billy, because I was all about that table tennis, uh, tennis, golf, cricket, football. I was always out. I never seen much of my kids when they were young because I was always up to, like, sports. And she used to call me sport, Billy, yeah. Because that was a Welsh thing. I know that bitch because my auntie worked on it. Because she was in... Oh, right, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was S4C or something like that. Exactly, anyway. <laughs> I just, I just, it just came to mind when I saw, you know, when it was, I was trying to think of a title, I thought, oh, we got to give it something, like. Oh, we got, we got a... Oh, Stephen's in. Um, right, we, I suppose we better start then, if it's, as it's just you and me. Go on, then, Chris. Right, well... we'll We'll leave the uh, predictions till last in case anybody comes in, because otherwise we'll. Okay. Otherwise, what we'll do is we'll do we'll do what we if in case nobody t- you know somebody doesn't turn up we'll do what we did last week, where we do the yeah. one one for all this the results. If somebody's not here, if the, for the first person who's not here, which will probably be Rob, they'll get one yeah. one. The second person two two, and the third one will get three three. And tough shit if they don't. Right. Rise up. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's what we'll do from now on, you know, we'll just do like that. And if there's four of you missing and it's just me on my own doing it, <laughs> you'll get one, one, two, two, three, three, and four, four. Oh, no, no. Stephen's rubbing <laughs> sweets off his mother. God's sake, he must be here. He's having a good day. Oh, I've heard it all now. I wouldn't dare do that to my mother. Jesus, you don't touch your sweets. <laughs> but she wouldn't have left them lying around, to be fair, so... Not without a guard dog or something. <laughs> Honestly, she never leave sweets lying around that woman. God no. Anyway, we'll move. So we just go straight to the news then, I suppose. Then and uh, discuss a few things. Yeah, correct, yes. Right. So, well, we did run it last week, so I don't think there's any point going back over that. I think no. we'll have to. We do have to call. We do have to talk about Sturridge. Now he's in Australia. Yeah, I heard this one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I thought of you when he, when he said it. You know, when I read it, I just thought, oh, Billy, you'll love this one, because we were you know, discussing this earlier. Yeah, poor Sturridge. He gets all the way to Australia to get goes through all the quarantine and that. On his flight to the first game, gets really bad cramp and ends up missing the game. <laughs> you couldn't race it, could you? You couldn't race it. <laughs> No. 
Oh, bless Very him. talented player, Ronnie. He was a very talented player, but I don't think he had the, he had the balls to actually want I think he was a bit of, see himself more of a playboy than a footballer. But he had talent, the lad had talent, but he had really wasted his, his talents, to be honest. I'm not sure he's a playboy. I think that's a bit harsh, because he, he always worked hard and he wanted to play, but he just didn't have the... Just didn't seem to want to play if he had the slightest niggle. Just didn't want to have it. Yeah, he was always out injured for me. I remember seeing a photograph of him. Uh, and we were playing Newcastle in uh, St James's Park, and it was in November. There was snow and ice everywhere, and there was a picture of him with a cocktail in California on out by a pool sipping a cocktail. <laughs> that just about sums you up. That you know what I mean. Although, as I say, very talented footballer, but he never seems to have the heart for me. But I might be wrong. Yeah, he's, he was one hell of a player. But he, yeah, yeah. It, his talent was undoubtedly, you know what I mean? He's a, he was a really good player. But I, I think you've got to have a bit more about you than be, be having talent. You know? Which a lot of teams are finding at the moment. He always, the thing is, he always worked up, but he did have, I mean, he's... Oh God, yeah. So he he just have like um his uncle had a degenerative knee condition, which I believe he has the same problem. Alright. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. So, it, so yeah, that's probably that could be part of the problem. To be fair to him, but obviously we can't tell. We don't know. So it's just our guesswork on this. But yeah, he definitely does miss too many games. And to, to just yeah. do it on your first game, it's just brilliant. Due to cramps as well. <laughs> I mean, surely yeah, you just have a bit of massage and that's all right to go, isn't it? Yeah, you shouldn't. I'm cramped at this age and it should be as fitness levels. It shouldn't really have cramping on a plane, should you? Well, it's, it's, you okay. it's, more, it's more a dietary problem. That's You know, he's been in lockdown yeah. for, in quarantine for all those days. Maybe they've not given him a proper diet while he's in there. I mean, it's not like, did you see the hotel? It wasn't exactly like, you know, it wasn't exactly the Ritz or anything. No, I never seen you know, the hotel. You know, it's just a quarantine hotel. Well, he, he put up a load of pictures on one of it on social media, so there's pictures of it. It's just like, honestly, it makes uh, Holiday Inn look classy. <laughs> he's just like, what? Nice. You know, just, he's tiny little thing. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah. you know, it wasn't what, it wasn't what he's used to, let's put it that way. Probably did him good, to be honest. But yeah, should we? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I was just saying, nice yeah. to bring him down to earth. Like that's what I meant by that. Like, yeah. <laughs> but should we move on anyway to the next thing? I was still because I was watching the games at the weekend. Obviously, apart from the cold off one, the Burnley one. But you, they were all yeah. in the snow, like, and you couldn't see the ball or the lines. I mean, when did they stop doing it? When did they stop doing the orange ball? For one thing. And yeah, when they yeah. stopped when it's you know when there's snow forecast, it used to be the, uh, the the groundsman would be out there the day before piling on different colour paint, so you could see the the lines in the snow. When did that stop? They feel very faded, don't they? All of them seem to be very faded. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. The, they used to be stand out white, didn't they? Uh, I 
what it is with them. Well, no, during the, when, it, when snow was forecast, they used to paint them a different colour. I think it was yellow, if I remember correctly, but I can't, I should know this. I, I have seen yellow. I have seen yellow. I've had to do it, I so, I, you know, I couldn't remember doing it, like, but off the top of my head, I can't remember what colour it was. And yeah, and you literally, you just paint them in a different colour, so it stood out against the white of the snow. Because that was a problem. You, yeah. you couldn't see the cut, you know, and you, you can't play if you can't see the lines. That's the that's the judgment call on whether a game gets stopped or not. So yeah, I, I think it's more than that, you know. I think it's uh, more to do with the infrastructure of the ground. No, that's, no, for, no I'm talking uh, about the games playing. And they have to. Oh, the games playing. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I'm talking about called off on No, no, that was that was because it literally they couldn't get the snow cleared off in time. Off the pitch, it was it was falling faster than they could clear it. So, but yeah, oh, they, they, really they, and this is what was happening. Like Man City and that, they were having to clear it with the after, you know they're having to clear the uh, snow off because unless you can see the the you know the the officials have to be able to see the lines and where they are. That's why. Yeah. If you notice, the first thing yeah. they were doing when they stopped it is the groundsmen, you know, at half time and that were out clearing round the lines first before they did anything else. Yeah. Because you have to be able to see the light. But like like I said, it used to be. They were painted a different colour, so you didn't, you know, it didn't matter. You could have a little bit of snow on there and it wasn't a problem. Um, yeah. You know, and it's, then... it's 2021, nearly 2022, and suddenly nobody seems to know, remember these things. I don't know. <laughs> but as you say, the orange ball. The orange ball was synonymous with winter football, wasn't it? Yeah, you just Everyone over to now it's a bloody yellow yeah. thing and you couldn't see it. No. Yes. Yeah, they've got, they've got to get grounds in better conditions and uh, I, I think, uh, you know, the under-soil eating doesn't that, wouldn't that melt the snow as it fell, no? Well, if it was too heavy? Well, that's what I thought would happen, you know, it'd start, it'd so at least start to di- dis- dissipate it, like, but, yeah, it didn't yeah. Didn't do a thing. They were saying they've changed the systems. I don't know what the system is. The, the you know they use these days, um, but uh, you know how it works now. But apparently it just it doesn't heat it like the same way that it used to. Just stops it freezing, I believe. No, but, like you still. And it looks a bit of a farce, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean it looks a bit of a farce when they're playing in snow. Oh, as you say, then it's twenty twenty two. You know, they can't get a bit of snow off the gas. <laughs> it's a Premier League side with millions like Manchester City and uh, Leicester. You know, it just doesn't look right to me. That's ridiculous. And the ball doesn't run properly and stuff. That's the thing, yeah, it's holding up. Mm, just doesn't run right at all. And, you know, they were all struggling with it. It's, it's not... It's you know it's like those stupid pitches. It just ruins the game. It stops. It stops it being the set. You know a proper game of football. Like is it? Yeah. Some people like that kind of thing. Now I suppose the changing conditions and that to make it make it interesting. But I'm not convinced. Yeah. They always say that about golf. Actually, the it enhances the game when when the weather's bad, you know, because it's it's uh, against you're playing against the conditions, wind or rain or whatever. But I don't think it does. <laughs> golf's a totally different thing because it's a solo sport. You know the the difference. Yeah, is, yeah. You you know you're always competing against the elements. That's that's the whole thing of it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Whereas football, you're meant to be competing against another team. 
Right, anyway, that's how I think. Anyway, but we'll move on anyway because there's not a lot more we can say about that. I was just um, the other thing. Another thing I wanted to discuss is because people keep saying it about every time anybody say you know any keeper makes a great save, they immediately go, "If that was Ramsdale, we'd never hear the end of it." <laughs> now I know we ain't got yeah. all shitty on the widget because I've said something about Alison. <laughs> But I think it's true. I think he gets absolutely bummed up completely all the time, constantly, for nothing. Because he's a very average keeper at his best. And he just makes... He's completely out of position, so he's having to throw himself headlong to save something that he should have made made look easy. And he's making it look difficult. And that's down to him being poor rather than him being good. But the media would have to think he's great because of it. I think he's very much in the Pickford mode, you know, to say. There was a couple of cases, uh, instances last week where the ball was basically it, six inches wide of it. And I'm saying, catch the bloody thing, you know, and he's diving full length and taking it by his chin, you know. And uh, just the spectacular, I think, Ramsdale is exactly the same, yeah. making what looked like... Uh, you know, show-stopping saves, when really the routine. Exactly. That is exactly the point. You watch someone like Alisson do it, or Meslier at uh, Leeds as well is doing it now, which is why he stands out to me. They just make them look like they're routine saves, even difficult ones. You watch some of the ones he saves, and you're thinking, just looks easy. But if you actually sat back and, you know, you sit back and have a good look at what they're doing, and they're... They're pulling off world class saves and making it look like it's just a normal class, you know, just a yeah. straight action. Yeah, that's a good goalkeeper, yeah. I think. Yeah, Neville Southall used to do that all the time. You'd be thinking he's crap. He's hardly, yeah, he's he's not done a bloody thing, but it's not that. It was just he was so well positioned, he made everything look easy. Yeah. Uh, I don't care, all this diving all over the place when you could catch the bloody thing and punching it out. Oh. And blocking it rather than catching it. Well, Pickford can drop it when he's got nobody challenging him. <laughs> last night. That wall, I mean, he's just... <laughs> but you can see the defence looking at him, the Everton defence looking at him and panicking because he's making a mess of things and he's making them nervous. I can't help yeah. the situation you're in. And no, I didn't want, it I, doesn't... So, Ramsdale's exactly the Try to make every save look spectacular, you know. But what they're doing is they're putting you back in danger because they're parrying it out and they're diving for And then once they dive, they don't even have dives. They're committed on the floor and the goal wide open. And I don't think they're doing the, the team any good whatsoever with all this. I don't really call people coaches anymore. Well, that Ramsdale, I mean, you see him fist pumping to the fans and stuff after he's made an easy save, and you're thinking, oh, come on, lads. You know, playing and talk about playing to the galleries like if you just get you just yeah. work on getting your game right and then you won't need to fist pump to the fans because they'll be behind you anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it really does my head in when you hear him being bigged up though. I don't, I just don't see him as a good keeper, and he's very average. I think he's exactly what he is. I think he's average. He's not certainly not outstanding. Only he's the worst keeper. He's just. An average for another military, but he makes saves, and but I don't think he's as commanding as what previous keepers for Arsenal have been, David Seaman's and that, which is hard to keep up with. Like, but 
you know, I think a lot of it is this spectacular nonsense where they uh, commit themselves and dive all over the place, punching it, parrying it. Just catch the bloody ball and roll it out. I mean, yeah, exactly. Just don't worry about looking good. Just worry about being yeah. good. That's the key. Yeah, yeah. yeah. very much so. That's the biggest love to set to memory. Yeah, and stop acting spectacular. Yeah. Yeah, if you you know if you beat three players on a dribble, then you can start look, you know then you can start claiming you're spectacular. But when you just when you're just making a routine save, stop celebrating. Yeah, you know the fact that you've made it look world class is because you're crap, not because it's good. You know. What I mean? <laughs> yeah. Bless him. I suppose England is going to have something, <laughs> something to big up, aren't they, the English? Yeah. 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 Anyway, should we move on to we'll move on to the next thing. I think I think we've got to mention this one. The uh, in Portugal at the weekend, the Benfica versus Belenenses game. I'm not sure if I pronounced that right. I'll have to apologise if I did. But that Belenenses had a COVID outbreak, and I'm really sorry for my pronunciation. Yeah, they had just nine players fit, to, you know, and available to play. Literally yeah, yeah. just nine Correct players. Them, yeah. So they started the the game with nine players, two of them keepers. On you know, so one's in goal and one's playing in defence. By a half time, yeah. unsurprisingly, they were seven nil down. But for the second half, they only had seven fit to start, and one apparently got injured straight after kick off. So the game had to be abandoned. As obviously you can't play against six. Well, I think the no, uh, I think no. the uh, the this the one getting you know the. Just seven coming out and one going off injured. I think that might have been something between them and Benfica. Who just said like, you know, this is ridiculous. Just pretend to be. Well, injured, why I wasn't it called off? Why wasn't it well, one of the t- I'm sure I read somewhere that like in when this when you know when this COVID started, I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that they were saying you had to you know you had to have 16 players in your squads travelling down yeah. for a match before yeah. I think it was EFL or somewhere like that. You had to you, uh, yeah. you had to have 16 players fit for your, in your squad before I get you know or you couldn't play the game wouldn't go ahead you know you were able to call off the game like. Yeah, well, I think that's been with Bridget, certainly with the English game, because we've had instances in previous years where teams have had a big flu outbreak or whatever, mm. and they've called the game off and said, you know, they can't feel the side, so we're postponing the game, and they've played it at a later date. Yeah. And, you know, I can't understand why they put seven men or nine men or, or whatever they put. And, you know, just not a game of football, is it? It's a bit embarrassing, really, for Portugal, that is. It is, yeah. So put I a don't game see on. why they should have played it. It's one of those things yeah. where you just think common sense should apply and you just don't play it. Yeah. yeah it's just not fair, is it? It's just not, you know, it's just not the dumb thing. Abandon the game. Unless they're worried about abuse of teams who are not, who are playing the top side or whatever, and they're in trouble and they say... Oh, we've all got COVID. Uh, we're not playing. Yeah, but they have to have the test. Yeah, yeah. And they're not, done by, they're not done by the team, so. 
you know, that could happen with flu. Yeah. You know, as you said, yeah, or injuries. Yeah. They could just claim everyone's injured with injuries. You know, there's nothing to stop them abusing the system anyway. No, no. So, yeah, I'm not sure. But that's a farcical, that's a farcical uh, thing, isn't it? But that's what that's just go, that was just going to extremes, that is. I don't think I've ever heard of a worse example than that, you know, a bigger example than that of stupidity of football's leadership. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely pathetic. So what do you know about the Juve thing, then? With what, mate? Oh, you haven't heard? I would have thought you'd know of the investigation into their transfers by police. Oh, no, I haven't read that, Chris. You haven't heard about that? that. Yeah, the police police are investigating the transfers made between 2019 and 2021. The chair and owner, Andrea Agnelli, the vice president, Pavel Nedved, one of my favourite ever players, him. Yeah, great player. Oh, I loved him. And their city financial officer, Stefano Serato, are all being investigated, amongst others, like for giving false info to investors and issuing invoices for non-existent transactions. All right. Bit dodgy, like. Very dodgy. (laughs) Paul Pogba, one of them, was he? Well... Well, yeah, that'd be the that that maybe that's the invoice for the non-existent transaction because nobody <laughs> noticed it gone. He certainly was. He that's certainly a, not visible in Man United's midfield, is <laughs> he? When he plays, absolutely not. No, yeah, that's a bad state of affairs for the time in football, isn't it? They're already uh, riddled with corruption. We know that, you know, the Italian football game. And uh, there's some other indictments on them, isn't it? Uh, bringing the, the game into the gutter in Italy. It does tend to always be you <coughs> as well. Yeah, yeah. If there's ever something bad going on, they're always involved, aren't they? Let's, let's be honest. Yeah, it's in a bit of a state, the Italian League, at the moment. You know what? The, there's, there's crowd trouble, there's a lot of racism. And uh, I don't think it's a great place to, uh, to be in them. At the moment in Italy. No, it hasn't been France, as well, has it? And, and France is going similar, isn't it? You know, there's a lot of trouble in the leagues at the moment. Mm. And I, I don't know if they, you know, it's doing football no good as a sport. With all this corruption, with violence, with the, a lot of racism. Especially on the continent. It used to be here and... I'm not saying it's not it's still here, but we seem to hold ourselves in a better light than what certainly what uh, mainland I'm, Europe is. I'm not so sure about that, Bill. I mean, you look at Derby. What they've done is pretty much what you know is pretty similar. You know, to falsifying yeah. accounting yeah. and accounts and all that. Um, you know, they pretty much done similar to you, what Juve are accused. You know, these Juve trio are accused of. Then you've got, um, in the lower leagues, I mean, constantly there's, there's been loads of uh, racist abuse over the last few days, last few weeks, I mean. It's, it's, yeah. not, going, it's not gone well, away no, in England either. No, I'm not saying it's gone away, but it seems to be uh, not prevalent in the Premier League itself. There's I know Derby have been in the Premier League. There was a lot of... Last night, I think, disproved oh. that. Look at the Everton fans were throwing stuff galore at the Liverpool players. 
There was a whole range yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time they went near the corner flag or anything, there was you could see it on the t- on the cameras. Like you could see the the stuff just flying down mm. past them. Like I was thinking, someone's going to maybe it's out. just not getting reported that much. You know, maybe yeah. it's, it's in this game and it's not getting reported as much. Yeah, definitely. The English don't like to admit they've got a problem, do they? Let's be honest. The English game, yeah, they like to no, keep yes. it quiet and pretend it's all good, all nice and good, don't they? So. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair comment. Yeah, yeah they, that's why they cover up the uh, the drug tests, the positive drug tests that, that happen on a regular basis, but the players are allowed to to be uh, classified as out injured long term if even when, yeah. they're, when they're yeah. serving a ban so long as they're doing rehab even though like you know none of them take any notice of the rehab and they just piss it about because they're just doing it to to get away with the without being fined etc yeah yeah oh it goes well i'm not saying the english game that is a uh, is clear by any means it just seems that, that most of the important is about uh mainland europe teams now and you know, and that this is another scandal that's going to come out and affect their leagues. But you know, certainly the uh, the sincerity of the of the game, the way it's gone. Yeah, yeah, it's a mess. I mean, the game overall is a mess at the moment, isn't it? I mean, it, yeah. yeah. Well, look, we'll move on anyway, because like obviously we haven't got any more info to add to it, and we're not going to have because it's you know a police investigation is something for them to to, to uncover rather than those likes. So, um, yeah. But yeah. what I would like to talk about is uh, Brighton. At the weekend, they were booed off after their draw with Leeds, right? They still yeah. they were still yeah. eighth in the Premier League at, at the end of the game. They've never yeah. finished in the top at that high in the league in their entire history, never. So it's the high, you know, it's it's a, it's not like it's something they should expect better than. This is better than they've no. ever been in their entire history of the club, and the fans are booing them off. And, <laughs> and they absolutely, I mean, to be fair, they absolutely hammered Leeds at times. They were playing some brilliant stuff and, and really opening them up. They just couldn't put it in the back of the net. Why on earth are the Brighton fans? booing them off. Do they think they're something special now, Brighton? Do they think they're Man United or... Well, I mean... I don't, an I expectation it is, just An expectation. Everton are suffering from exactly the same thing as a, a number of clubs. Yeah, but Newcastle Everton... Being... To be fair, Everton have got a history of success. So, you know, you've got a past history where you've done well. It might be a long time ago now. But you've still done it. Yeah. Brighton have never done anything in their entire history. They've never finished higher than eighth in their. You know, and what a fantastic manager you've got! Yeah, and they've got money as a club, haven't they? So, because you know they they're doing really well at the moment. I think, and you know they shouldn't have the weight of expectation that they're going to be European contenders or you know for a European place. Because, as you said, you've got no, not, haven't got that much history. But they're on a, in a really good uh, place at the moment, Brighton. They've got money to spend. They've got a very stable family club. And they've got one of the best managers in the country, I believe, in Potter. He's a fantastic manager. They play nice football. I don't think they've got a lot to moan about myself. No, I don't. I just literally do not get that one. I mean, what did they... I... I... This is, you know, it's not like they were playing 
Norwich or Newcastle that are, that are really bad and they are really bad. You know what I mean? It's not like they're they're at the bottom because because they're terrible teams. Leeds are they're in the, the position they're in because they've had injury crisis and their players are starting yeah, to come back yeah. fit, so they're going to be playing better. I don't, you know, it's it's my, I mean, how do you boo? I don't get the booing off your team anyway. It's not for me. I don't like booing my own team. No, I, no. I can understand it if they were bothering. You know, they were not trying. They're just, yeah. they're just not bothering to try. Then okay, fair enough. You give them a boo to let them know that's not good enough. But they would. They absolutely play. They you know they play some great football. They're clearly trying their hardest. They were creating chances. Yeah. They just couldn't score. What? Well, you know what? How can you boo that? Well, you shouldn't be really, should you? It's uh, very pedantic of them to just uh, boo them, even when they're playing well, which they did, as you say, against Leeds. And, you know, that's just not on, is it? You know, what do the players feel when they're getting booed, when they're trying their hardest and they're playing well? You know, they know they're playing well. You know, it does nothing for the uh, for the club, doesn't enhance them in any way. It's not going to say, oh, we'll, we'll do better next week. They're doing the best. Well, so if, you're, if you're a player and they're interested in you, and you know you've seen that game, you're thinking, I don't know if I can go there. Because even if I play my heart out, we, you know, we up, we play really well, I might get booed off for no reason. Yeah. You know, for no real reason. I'm not sure I'd want to go there as a player. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'd, I'd give it a miss. I, I, I would. I'd, I'd give them a miss if I was a player. Just because of that, you know, if there's another option, I'd take the other option every time. And if the player's good, yeah. then he's going to have another option. Yeah, and I like Brighton as well. They come across as a good, well-run club, don't they? And, uh, you know, but you can't do nothing about fans, can you? You know, they shouldn't be like that. And they should be grateful for the way they've uh, rose as a club. And the, the one that's still watch of the Premier League at the moment, the hard to beat... They're a good side, they play nice stuff. And I think they should have a bit more about them to, than to boo their own side. Yeah, I, I, I mean, but then they were booing when it was shooting in charge because it was too defensive. Now they got uh, Potter in charge, they're playing good football, they're still booing. I mean, it just seems like they're, not, they're just whiny gits, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. Must be, so. must be because they support a team in blue. It's very much the thing, isn't it, Bill? <laughs> I knew that'd be coming. The next, I think we've got this one. I, I think we've got to mention it. The Arab Cup. They've been trialing the, you know, the FIFA Arab Cup. I should mention the FIFA thing because otherwise we get into trouble for that. Yeah, they uh, they're trialing semi-automatic offside decisions. Have you seen this? No, I haven't seen it, but I don't think I want to. <laughs> go on, go on. <laughs> right, they've got like um, a, a number of cameras along the sidelines. I think it's ten to twelve cameras, and basically they're constantly taking. They're taking. I think it's twenty-five frames per second shots, and they yeah. can judge. You know, take players' body positions, etc. Like them twenty-five times a second. And it sees if there are. It, currently, if it, if it sees an offside, if it thinks there's an offside, then it alerts the bloke in VAR who can then have a look at it. So it won't give the decision. The semi-auto bit is that it won't give the decision for itself, 
but it'll flag right. it out to the guy in the VAR bunker, which obviously is the big worry because like they're shite. Let's well, yeah. I, and I'm trying to be nice about it by saying they're shite because <laughs> I think they're cheats. I, I honestly think they're in yeah. I honestly think they're cheats because there's no way they're making those decisions honestly. Just no way. Nobody on here no. believes some of those decisions that are being made are correct. No one. I don't think they. I don't. I know for a fact they can't possibly believe they've made the right decision in a lot of the cases. The, the you know the uh, VAR calls. It's just no way. Yeah, I mean, was, absolutely stupid. Just you know, it's just not working. And they're saying it's it's you know it, it'll work, but how do you know they've got the right frame? How how because the frame matters and it's like it's such an objective thing. Sub. It, it, you know, it's a sorry, subjective thing rather than an objective thing. Which frame you take? So yeah, I just want to go back to proper refereeing, you know, and yeah. proper linesmen. Well, linesmen have got this new this oh, initiative now oh, where they don't blow up for a, oh, an offside, no. even though they know it's offside. They're not putting the flag keep having them, get rid of them. Absolutely stupid. I, and I, I just can't be doing with it. That re- that's what's pet eight about the game at the moment. I think that's probably the worst thing in the game right now. Apart from obviously yeah. diving, which obviously you wouldn't have a, an opinion on, of course. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. nobody at Everton would ever dive, would they, Bill? Oh, do you There was another one that got missed as well, wasn't there? A blatant one. But he gave the decision. Didn't, who was it? He got booked. I can't remember. Was it Robertson got booked? Townsend. Townsend yeah. got booked. Uh, no, I mean, the, but, but not making it. He missed him completely, and the player went down anyway. I think it was Gordon went down. <laughs> Do you remember? And he, yeah, it was and Gordon, Robertson yeah. got booked. Gordon. And you're thinking, hang on, yeah. you saw the other team. How do you not see that one's the most blatant of the three? <laughs> and he was, to be uh, fair, he was right. Actually, you got to give him his dues. I remember uh, Neil Dams, the footballer, who's a friend of mine, mm. uh, years ago, he was telling me that he actually get, got coached in, mm. and he was at Liverpool, he was at Blackburn, you know, played in Europe, and he said he actually got coached to to uh, to fall, when even though you're not tackled, or holding your face, if there's a challenge, you know, and honestly, God, it's Absolute pathetic. Why do you would actually do that? You know, to try and get an advantage unfairly, and it's got to be stamped out of the game. But I've been saying that for years, and it, it nothing seems to be happening with it. Well, it's quite the opposite. It just seems to get worse, doesn't it? Yeah, it has got worse. It's got worse now. You know, I'm never told you, but I can see Everton players doing it every week. Mm. I can see that Allison does it. He's what we call a sick. He is a serial chief. Most mm. Salah went through a period where he was doing a lot of damage and Sadio Mane. But they're not the only ones. There's, there's loads of them. And, you know, unless you stamp it out, I'll give uh, Salah uh, credit. He stopped all that. I don't know where the clock's had a word or whatever. Well, he came out publicly. He stays on his feet as much as he can. Klopp actually told him in public to stop, remember? Said he needs to try and stay on his feet And it's yeah. made a huge difference. And it's good. That's, yeah. And it's made a difference to his game as well. Mm. He doesn't need to do that. He's too good a player to actually die and stimulate. You know, all, all the lesser lights, you might say, oh yeah, 
you know, he's out on his feet, you know, he's trying to get gain an advantage. But it's not right. It, sh- it shouldn't be that. But referees and association football have got to be tougher on people who simulate. Mm. And they've got to start giving them yellow and then red cards if they did. Yeah, it was Otherwise, we're going nowhere. I think you've got to give the referee credit for giving out those two yellow cards he gave out for diving. Yeah. The first time I've seen one do that, and it's about time. I think more of them should do it. They think it's a oh, dive, and you see it all the time, them waving it away, saying, oh, that was a dive, so they don't be stupid, you know what I mean, when the players throw yeah. themselves to the ground looking for one. They shouldn't be waving it away and just saying, oh, don't be stupid, so they immediately get your freaking card out and book them. Then they're not going to do it again. And if they do, then they'll learn an expensive lesson, won't they? Yeah, but it's going to be a directive from the top, hasn't it? From the from fair, FIFA, the Football Association, whoever, and say, listen, anyone who simulates has got to uh, be booked. And then if you do it twice, the sense off. And it's the only way to get back to proper football, you know? Yeah, it's 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 not. It's not good watching them throwing themselves out. I mean, I watched the game, it was the Porto game against Liverpool, and their players, oh my God, I was just yeah. I was really losing my temper watching it. It was just so frustrating. It wasn't enjoyable at all because the Porto players, were, and you see them when they're rolling and rolling and throwing, you know, screaming and rolling and ro- you're thinking, if you're that freaking hurt, you're not going to be rolling about like that. You're just going to, you, know, you can always tell when a player's actually hurt because they're not throwing themselves around pretending. Play acting. They I just know like... before that, Chris. Did you watch the Atletico game with Liverpool? Oh, God. And they were doing all sorts. Oh, you're wrong. They were dirty, they were nasty. I thought, that's not football, is it? That's Simeone play, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. Very much down to him, by the way. Yeah, very much. But, you know, you can't. You know, you don't want to watch a game like that, do you? You go for your enjoyment to see the skill, to see the moves. And you don't want to see people diving if they're not injured. That's just not on. Nah, it's not It's not nice to watch at all. It's not enjoyable. So. No, no. That's uh, okay, chopping up. I mean, it's, it's not a difficult thing to do. Just hand out a few yellow cards and it'll soon stop. And if it, you know, yeah. if need be, just don't be afraid to give them a red card as well. You know, send them, give them a second one, and send them off if they're going to keep cheating. I, I'm going to throw this at you. I'm going to throw this at you, nice. Do you think it could be that referees are scared to, uh, to say someone is simulating when they actually mightn't be? Hmm. And yeah. there will be a legal uh, thing that he played the game on, and when the player was hit, and you know, and now he's out for six weeks, and it's all because of the referee. Could no, it be that? You know, I'm, I'm just looking for why they're not booking. No, because they still because they put that you know they say play on and wave it away, so they obviously don't think they're injured. But you know. That, I, but that might explain why they sometimes stop it, you know, without, when it's clear the player's certainly just pissing about and should be just told to get up and get on with it. If they have got yeah. a problem, I mean, the one that I hate is when they're sat right two inches away from the sideline 
and the referee stops play to get them treatment. No, get off the fucking pitch and get yeah, treatment. Yeah, get off the pitch. Yeah. Straight away. Absolutely. In fact, for me, I would, the reason, the thing I would do to stop all this asking about is, unless it's a serious problem, you know, obviously they can tell straight away if it's a serious problem, otherwise just get them off the pitch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just get them I was off watching the pitch. Again, I was watching a game in Europe a couple of weeks ago and the lad went down. He wasn't hurt, you know what I mean, but he went down. And the opposing player dragged him by the underneath of his arms off the pitch, you know, yeah. and there was a big fight over it. But that's what you should do, get off the yeah, just, pitch. Just get him off the pitch. I mean, what's the issue? I don't see what's wrong with that. Yeah. They shouldn't be on the pitch if they're injured. It's that simple. No. First yeah. thing you do, get them off. Then they, you know, nobody's gonna go down pretending to be injured. If the minute you, you know, the minute you get in, yeah, pretend to be injured, you're taken off the pitch. Because nobody mm-hmm. wants that at all. No, it is a problem with the game that does need something. It really does. And it's, it's, uh, like I say, I don't think it's a difficult thing to do either. You just get them off the pitch. Yeah. And immediately. But there should be a directive. There's got to be a directive from above to say. Listen, it's getting out of hand. Your players are going to get booked. And, but make sure that the referees actually carry it through. You know, and, and get them to, to stop all this nonsense. And, you know, I can't say anything because I'm an Eritonian, as you know. And as I say, Richarlison is probably one of the worst, if not the worst. The Jack Grealish is of this world. You know, there's quite a few of them. And it's got to stop. And they're ruining the game as a spectacle. It's getting stopped all the time for stupid things. Just let the game get on and play. Yeah, I, I definitely needs to change. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, I think the next question has to be the Afcon. Should it be postponed, or should they still continue with everywhere on the red list? Uh, I'm sure some people would want it postponed. Uh, it wouldn't make a great deal of difference to Everton, I don't think, but I think it would to Liverpool. I think it would to a few teams who have got a few African players in their sides. Uh, I think for the likes of Liverpool, if you lost Mane and Salah, I think they'd be struggling. Uh, and I think that there is a good case for, uh, for stopping it this year. Hmm. And did it go on last year, Tris? Did it go on last year? No. No, no, no. Uh-huh. Last year. It's every, it's every two years, two years, yeah. Yeah, it's every two, sorry, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a good case for it not to go on. Especially with the travel and this, this new Omicron variant of, uh, of COVID. And they're stopping a lot of the African countries now. It's South Africa, there's loads of countries around South Africa that have been there. Uh, put on the red list for travel and I think it's it's just not a good time to be playing AFCON. I'm sure Africans might disagree with me but I don't think it's a good time to be on any international tournaments at the moment but maybe that's just me. Yeah that's the thing isn't it it's not just the AFCON at the moment it's a bit you know it's a bit dodgy all of them like they're a bit uh, worrying it just that one just seems to be in the worst possible situation of being played in the middle of a season. Yeah. 
and like you wonder why they don't play these these competitions outside the season really if well, you're looking at well, well the problem is um in north africa where it's usually held you know when it's in north africa it's too hot to play in the summer Bit like nice. bit like the Qatari World Cup, you couldn't play it in the summer in Qatar. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Despite all the oh, bollocks they were talking about the aircon in the stadiums and all that nonsense, that was yeah. never going to happen. <laughs> Anybody no, that knew no. anything about football and and the Middle East knew that was never a possibility. It was always going to be played in the winter. Had to be. Yeah, it does, but. It's going to affect uh, the leagues, isn't it? In every every country, not just uh, not just England. Your French, there's a lot of Africans in French football. There's some in Italian football. There's uh, all the big leagues are going to lose out. And I, but I don't think in this in these times of COVID, um, it's still going on. It's not going nowhere. I think there's got to be a rethink on. On all European, oh sorry, all international tournaments, mm. well, when even they, the World Cups and your European Championships. Well, well, when they're saying this new variant, the the vaccine's not effective, and the whole point of the, you know, they, they, then you just can't be having that kind of thing, can you? Going on, you can't be having them sent somewhere where they're not going to be safe. And I'm, but it's the travelling supporters as well. In the end, the game's all about supporters, right? It. it you know, you, you can't have people travelling from, say, Angola to North Africa uh, to watch a game in thousands, which is about what it's all about. And, you know, and not spreading the COVID variant, the Omicron or, or whatever other variants going to come up. It's just not... It's just not feasible at this time, I would say, if I was part of the government body, to have, actually have... Uh, I know there's great stuff, the AFCON, uh, grassroots football in, you know, third world countries and all that. But it's just not feasible at this time, I would say, Chess. Yeah, I, I think they've I don't know how you feel. They've got to rethink it, I think, because uh, every team, this isn't just, a, it isn't just about the English league. It's every country that's got players that are, likely to go there are not happy about having about their players going out there while there's a in the middle of the you know the pandemic like with the new variant yeah. about that's stopping them being able to travel. I mean they could be gone like months because they've got to quarantine before they go before they get there and then quarantine when yeah. they get back. quarantine on the way back yeah, yeah. And, and you don't know what go on sorry yeah, it, it's just, uh, I don't think it's the greatest time in the world, uh, the way it is at the moment, to be playing international football uh, at, at all. You know, I, I said that at the Euros, I said, uh, you know, World Cup qualified. I think they've got to rethink how you do things, you know, and maybe it's a good time to say, listen, we're going to put on the back burner for a while and let's see how this, how the world health goes and then bring it back in but I don't think it's good and it's not it's going to affect other teams more some teams more than others but I don't think it's a good thing to be going on at the moment nah just especially not as it's where the uh, the variant coming from anyway as well yeah yeah so yeah. it's one of those where's it been out to us this year where is uh, it been out this year 
Hang on, I'll just look it up because I can't remember now. Because it keeps changing. Yeah. Because they they keep uh, altering it. They were because they were talking about moving it somewhere else. That's where, and I've forgotten where it's supposed to be now. It's Cameroon. That's right. Cameroon, yeah. See, the African nations that they're all in they're in bigger trouble than what Europe are because of the amount of uh, vaccinations they haven't had. Um, we've got three percent of the population in some of the African countries that have been uh, have been immunised, and uh, it's not a good time to be travelling to, especially countries like Cameroon. Well, even if you're vaccinated, if it doesn't work against the the variant that's yeah. existing, what's the point? You know what I mean? That's not going to help. So... No, it's their population that's going to be spreading it to others who go to the game or. The players, they're going to be in contact with chefs, uh, bus drivers, uh, you name it, physios, all hotel staff, whatever. And it's going to get back. And, mm. you know, you've got to stop to it, in my opinion. But I'll say, I'm only a poor only lonely uh, Abertonian. Well, that so. Bell and Ends game, the Bell and Ends, they had, I think it's, I can't remember how many it was of them that uh, tested positive for COVID like. They had, um, I think it was three of them had been to South Africa recently, and all three tested positive for the Omicron variant, and they were the only the, the only ones in Portugal that had it at the time. You know, they were the first right. to have it, and that was it. That was the first one, you know, the first cases. So you can see there, it's already caught spreading it. Yeah. Do you want to be part of it? You know, do you want to make it worse or what? Though I'm not sure you can stop spread or something like this unless you literally lock everyone away. It's going to spread it. You'd have to get everyone. You have to get everyone vaccinated. That's the thing. And as I say, well, they, uh, some of the African countries have only got three percent of the population. What the vaccination uh, doesn't work against this variant, right. so that's no use, Bill. Well, they don't know. No, they've already come out and said it's absolutely it doesn't work on this one. But have a booster anyway. I mean, what the? F oh, it's right, it's well, ridiculous. It's just a, a vaccine cannot. When your variant change, this is the same. This is why I'm. I don't. I'm not mad keen on like the flu vaccine as well. And I didn't want to have this vaccine because as soon as your variant alters, it you know it evolves. The vaccine you're taking stops working against it because it's it's a vaccine against a variant of whatever it is, you know, a strain of whatever it is you're talking about, like flu or... And it, if it's an older variant you're being vaccinated against, it has no effect on a new variant. So, like, you take a flu, you have the flu jab, it's absolutely useless because you're being inoculated against the flu jab, that, against the flu version that no longer exists. It's long gone. So it's I guess about what you're saying, yeah... It's a guessing game of what the, the, the flu vaccine is a guessing game, isn't it? I know we're getting into medical stuff here, but, 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 yeah. but yeah, it's a it's a guessing game of what next year's uh, flu strain is going to be, and then they put the variants in there. But they're giving you the uh, last year's rather than next year's, and that's always going to be the problem because they, it takes them a you know it takes them a while to develop a vaccine. They're always going to be behind. Yeah. They're fighting a you know they're fighting a rearguard action. That's the way it works, and unfortunately, yeah, yeah, that's you know it's it's never gonna you know you can't do anything about it because that's just it. I mean you can't develop a vaccine in advance for a variant that might appear because you don't know what yeah. it's how it's going to evolve. So. Yeah, yeah, I get that, yeah. 
Yeah. Anyway, should we, oh, um, just a quick one on before we move on. I think we're gonna we're gonna talk about Everton as our main thing after after this. We're gonna just uh, we, we need to discuss Everton. But first, I just wanted to say to ask what you think of Tafarel being appointed to Liverpool's goalkeeping staff, making it three keeper coaches now, three specialist keeper coaches. <coughs> I don't know whether you need that many. I'll be honest with you. I think, uh, I, yeah, I really don't. I think uh, you've got one of the best keepers in the world there. I don't think any coaching by Tapero will make any difference to Allison. I think he's a natural keeper. I, I know you, and, and you've already got goalkeeping coaches there. Tapero is a great, good player, great keeper. But I don't know whether you need all these uh, extra coaching. I think you can get overcoached. Well, he was the one that I liked, right. Tavro. I know. He's probably amazing as yet. Oh, I haven't got a job yet. And, but I really don't know. I don't I don't see how Alisson can improve much, to be honest with you. I really don't. I think you watch someone like Arsenal with Leno, where he fell off the cliff. Because he didn't like his, you know, the coaches he was working with. I think yeah. so, you know it can make a huge difference having the right coach. So if your keeper likes working with a certain coach and he comes back better from working with him, you go and get him. And I don't, I know you're saying there's too many, you know, there's too many of them there. But I, I'm not sure that's an yeah. issue myself. I I don't think there's a problem with having too many coaches at all. Because every coach does it for something different. I think more coaching's better. I think the problem football has is it's still back in the dark ages, and they they don't want to have lots of coaching. They, they you know they they want to have too agree much with tactical the coaching. They want too much tactical work and too much of that. You know, make turning the players into robots rather than having lots of actual coaching where they're learning how to play, learning the game rather than learning how to play a tactical system, which is what Pep does, you know what I mean? He has his players yeah. in his system, and he has them drilled to the to the umpteenth degree, just constantly working on the system. Instead, you know, with the, the, That's all they're doing. They're not working on be, learning the game. They're learning how to play his system, and that's it. And it's the right way Roy Hodgson works as well. Basically, to me, Pep is just a more exciting version of Roy Hodgson. Because that's what he does. Exactly the same thing. He just has them working over and over and over again on the same things. See what you're saying. But with the goalkeeping I'm going back on specifically, if you've got three different players giving him three sets of advice on how he should uh, uh, approach things, whether it be kicking, whether it be uh, his his handling or his strength in the air, I think it'd be a bit confusing if, if you were getting three different sets of advice, that's all I'm saying. I think he can be overcoached. And personally, yeah, I, I think uh, the goalkeeper knows what his strengths are and he should have a co- coach. I've got nothing against goalkeeping coaches. And I think he should have one, maybe even two. But I think three, maybe just over the top of it, well, even though Tapper comes with great, a great reputation. I look at it differently. I look at it as you get the best coaching. You go to visit as many coaches. Like if you're doing martial arts, for instance, you'd, you'd visit as many different coaches and try and pick the best bits of each piece each piece of their, you know, their advice and that. Yeah. And you just take that and you work with that. That's what you learn, you know, that's what you're taking from each one. But you're learning lots of things to improve yourself rather yeah. than just... Cause 
one's got a very, you know, one's a limit. Coaches should, spe- for me, I'd rather a coach specialised on one area of a player's performance and then you had... Yeah, another, I can see that. Yeah. And that's how it should be because they're not, you know, no coach is good at everything. It's just, you know, we're human beings and it doesn't matter who we are, we can only learn, so, you know, we're only good at certain things. We have our weaknesses and we have our strengths and, uh, you know, you should be able to take something from all of them. Even the bad ones, there should yeah, be something to learn, even if it's just what not to do. See, I related to uh, golf, Michelle, because I'm a bit of a golfer. But God, no, uh, Rory McIlroy, he, uh, he changed to Pete Cowan, who was one of the top coaches in the world, and the top coach recently. And he's had to bin him because he changed this whole outlook on golf. You know, he had a good game anyway. He had a fantastic game, and Cowan wanted them to rip it all up and start again. Mm. Right? And Nick Faldo, the same, he was playing great. He decided to go to a coach, another coach, change his whole swing, and it took him three years to get back to where he was originally. Yeah. And I think that can happen in football as well. As you say, if it's for a designated team, whether it be handling, uh, playing out with your feet, uh, your strength in the air, you know, the, the way you actually parry the ball out instead of trying to catch it or whatever. I think that's okay if they're individualised. But I think three sets of information, different information coming to you, I think it might be a bit confusing. That's all I'm saying. I would say that I don't think that can be that much of a problem when you consider that uh, he works with Tafferell every time he goes away on the international so if it was messing up his game it'd already show I would think yeah but I, yeah and, and you know if he wants he's the top keeper he's one of the top keepers in the world if he wants Tafferell as his coach let him have bin the others and put Tafferell in as the coach you know if he wants him he's the number one keeper get Tafferell in as the coach but it's no use having three coaches getting too much information I can't believe you can say you can get too much information. I think that just comes down to if you if you think you're getting too much information, I think that's a problem with your ability to, to uh, assimilate information and, and, you know, assess it and figure out... I can what see what you're saying. That's a, that's a problem with the player's mentality if he's not able to understand it. It's like you're saying, when a, if, a, if he's changed coach... Surely he should find one that works on improving his current version of how he plays, you know, his natural game, rather than one who says to him, Anna, we'll rip it up, you you know, yeah, you know, you were the world's best, yeah. but you're shite now, so we'll just start again. I just don't want to be, I don't want, you know, I've, I've been great, I just want to improve, you know, get back to where I was great, so I just want to work on improving yeah. what I do, because it it's not been a problem. It's not the issue. The issue is I'm just not playing to the level I should have been. So improve that, not change my game. That's ridiculous. I just, uh, I just don't know how three coaches, and I picture uh, Alison King goal in training with these three well, coaches. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be like that, mate. You've you got to remember that they tell, you know, they've got three keepers for the first team. So there'll be one working with one coach, one working with another coach, and one working yeah, with the other yeah. one. That's what it'll be. That's so I think that's. Yeah, cool. I just thought it might be confusing, a bit confusing if you've got too many coaches. But that's just my opinion of a goalkeeping yeah, uh, coach. You know? 
I can understand what you're saying, but like I said, I think like you should be able to deal with any amount of co- you know, it's, you should be looking to have more input and more information to improve yourself with anything, in my opinion. That's that, you know. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, I, I just find it a bit worrying that in football people panic about getting too much information about learning things and stuff. Don't want players to be intelligent. They want them to be stupid, and you know, they, it's yeah. it's just uh, so backward. It's. Yeah, it's why guys, why football is so far behind the times in so many aspects. You know, I, I, I've got a lot of respect for Safarel. He's done it at the top level, absolutely. And uh, you know, he's obviously a good coach. Alison Monson, I can't see why you know he wouldn't uh, be possibly the top coach there now, top goalkeeping coach. I don't know who your other ones are, but Achterberg. maybe he's the main one. Achterberg. Yeah, you know, I don't know much about Akhtabay. I've seen him, but I don't know much about his methods. And that. But obviously, if Liverpool want him, go get him, you know. That's fine by me. I just think uh, there might be better things to spend in real well, as I think the, the most important, there's two things that are, that are vitally important in my opinion to spend your money on as a club. That's your coaching at all levels, particularly youth level, though, to bring through better ki- kids. Yeah. More coaching. Yeah, I'll, I'll, buy, I'll buy that all too. You've got to look at, you know, the, the, yeah. the clubs that succeed tend to have more coaches than clubs that don't. So, you know, I'm, I'm quite happy with lots of coaching. Lot, you know, lots of coaches working with them. And secondly, the other thing is scouting. They don't spend enough on the scouts and the scouting. So, yeah, and then yeah. you went to, you look at Everton. I mean, if a scout had had a look at James Rodriguez and still recommended him, then you should be sacking him immediately because he's clearly he was clearly never right for the Premier League. No, well, I didn't think he was from the start. Yeah, I didn't think he was from the start. Yeah, exactly. But you could, you, but I mean, that's what I'm saying. The scouts should have said, no, this isn't someone look at and found someone else they shouldn't have needed a big signing it should be about who's the best signing yeah but unfortunately but I think that's more down to Mishiri and him wanting to get these big fantastic names in to uh, enhance the football club and it's gone tits up and uh, they probably more difficulty than more but, it, but it's not just Everton. I was just using that as an example. There's so many yeah, yeah, oh. game around the league, and you look at the players they're signing, and you think, why did they sign him? I mean, what was the thinking? Barcelona signing Griezmann. I mean, what? What was yeah. the point in that? I'm paying him eight hundred thousand pound a week as well. Yeah, I know. It's uh, it does, uh, yeah, it really does yeah, and then uh, yeah, there's so many. Of them. Anyway, we'll move on to Everton. While we since you since we've touched on them, what's going? You know, where where do they go? What's going on now? Will just Rafa get the sack, or do you keep him? Do the board hide behind him and blame him for everything? Or well, no, I don't think you do. But actually, we touched on this last week, and uh, I did say uh, that. I'm not Nostradamus, don't get me wrong, it was always common. Mm. But uh, I touched on that if he had a bad result against Brentford and he had a bad result against Liverpool at home, that Rafa's going to be in trouble. And it's turned out that way. He is in big trouble at the moment. I don't think he should be. You know, he's got nothing to work with. Everton are a club in a mess at the moment. And they're going to find themselves 
Everton in relegation battle at the moment. Uh, well, uh, four or five points above the relegation places. They've got games against Arsenal, Chelsea uh, coming up. Uh, um, they, they are in real trouble. They're not playing well. They don't work together as a team. The backroom staff, uh, you know, there was a big argument with in the stands with fans and Marcel Brands yesterday that's been highlighted that he said it's nothing to do with me. Basically, when he answered a fan, was giving him some stick. Who, who, whose fault is it then if it's not yours when the recruitment shite when you're the head of recruitment? I don't know, maybe. Maybe his hands are tied. Maybe he's getting told that he's got to sign these players. I well, don't know. You wouldn't I mean, sign a contract if you're him. If you're if you're under no. those, it's your problem. You've signed the contract. You you had a, a yeah. power. You walk away. That's you know you're you know you're at fault. I couldn't agree. With, I couldn't agree with you more, Tris, But the fact is that he come out and said that it's documented. There's actually video footage of him saying it to a fan yesterday. It's all with the Liverpool Echo. It's all with the national public. Uh, all on the internet that he actually said that and. Um, Everton are in a really bad place at the moment. Obviously, they're my club, so it's very worrying for me. Uh, I can't see a way out of trouble for Everton. They haven't got the playing staff. They've got injuries. Every team has injuries. The squad isn't nowhere near good enough. Um, Are the players playing for Rafa? They don't seem to have as much energy as other tech teams. They don't seem to have a plan. They certainly don't have a plan B. They're playing the likes of Rondon and I know we didn't play yesterday, but I will be playing every week. And the fans every can week see except the, this week, you mean? Yeah, that's what I said. I get every week except this week. And, and, you know, it's just not working. So something's got to be And I don't think it's Rattle's fault. I think he's been caught up. He wanted to move back to Merseyside. Mm. I think he's happy to be at the club. But a lot didn't want to start with because of the the little Liverpool thing, which is just an absolute load of nonsense. It's not working for him. It's not working for him, Chris. My little cousin was saying he's obviously... How do you see it, Chris? Well, I was just say, my little cousin was saying yesterday that, like, uh, at the end of the game, apparently the Everton fans there which were chanting sack the board. I was just wondering how anyone heard him when they all fucked off home at 19 minutes, you know. <laughs> there's nobody left there. For me, there's a number of problems at the club. Number one is the attitude of the fans. It's been, I mean, this is a long time it's been going on where the fans immediately things are going wrong, they turn on the players. Always do. It doesn't matter. We all know yeah. it. The atmosphere at Everton, if you can get if you can get at them and put them in trouble, it, it was even the same under the Moyes era. So it's not even like it's it's when the team, you know, it's because the team are doing poorly since then. It was the same in the Moyes era. Everyone knew if you could get at Everton and get them, you know, get them backpedalling, the fans would get on their backs. You always knew Goodison yeah. was, was ripe for turning. That's a big part of the problem. They're not supporting the team like they used to when they were, you know, when they were a top club. That's that's something that like you've got to get behind the fans. Now that that's not going to happen while Rafa's in charge, which is a big problem. It's not his fault; it's his past fault. 
you know what I mean? He's never going to get the. He's just not going to be the right man for the for a large percentage of the support, no matter what he does. Even if he won the the Premier yeah. League, the Champions League, the Club World Cup, the the World Cup, the Arab Cup, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter what he does. <laughs> it he'll never be Seems right. Never no. never accept him properly. So that's always going to be the fans are always going to be ready to turn the moment he has a you know the moment there is a bad period in a game. And a team cannot compete at a high level with fans that aren't behind them. You need the fans behind them. That was what that's what Klopp was so successful. That was the difference, the turning point in making you know, in taking Liverpool to trophies was getting the fans behind him. And yeah. Everton haven't got that. That's a big problem. Then you've got a, a lot of that a lot of that press, right, is and some success, whether it be a decent cup run, uh, you know, holding your own in the league and looking uh, to maybe be on the verge of getting in one of the six European places. And it's hope, it's the hope that kills you. Mm. And as a fan, ever so, as an Everton fan, and I know a lot of Everton fans, the you got ideas of Grandhead. Do you think Everton should be one of the top sides in the country? Mm. I can't dispute them. I think they should. But they, they expect more than what the club actually able to achieve at the moment. Yeah. And yeah. that's why I was hoping that the new ground, and that's great for Tottenham, but I thought the new ground might be the stepping stone. I know it's going to be another three years yet before it's completed. But I was, I was hoping that we could, uh, we could we could battle on until we maybe and then move on in a new direction. But it's it's not panning out that way. We could be at the best ground in the championship next year, and that's not being oh, over okay. the top. Because you'll be you've got Newcastle and teams like that that are likely to be there. So. I know, Tristan, are we, are we much better than Newcastle and Norwich at the moment, or not? I'm not even sure if you're any better than them and Watford and Burnley. Yeah. There's a lot that, you know, there's a lot that can still push above you. Yeah, I mean, I can see but, that. My, but my problem is, Tris, is that I don't think we've got the players, the playing staff, well, that was to get us out Well, that was my We always have the gloves of war attitude where Everton, you know, even though we've been as good as Liverpool's and United's and Chelsea's and uh, City, they battle for you. They get your points by battling. This side has got a battle in them, and that's my biggest problem. Is. Well, I think that's part of the problem. You know, when you've got the fans on your side, players will put a bit yeah. more in. And I think when they're so ready to turn on them, I mean, it's kind of like, well, why fucking bother? Why was that bother for you? You know, you, you don't give a shit about yeah. me. You're just ready to boo me for the mo- in a moment. Anything go, you know, any I, I need your backing instead of that. Yeah. It, it's that moment. Uh, you've got to go back to that moment at Liverpool Arsenal game when Arteta and Klopp had their little head-to-head argument. You know, that just yeah, brought yeah. out the fans back in. That, and that's what Everton. That's what that wouldn't happen at Everton. Could you imagine if Rafa had had a head-to-head with anybody? Last yesterday, yeah. anyway, wouldn't matter who it was. You know, when the team's in trouble, you know, the team's not, they're not. So it was nil-nil. Team's not playing yeah. particularly well. 
the opposition manager starts having a go at Rafa, half the fans would have been backing the you know the opposition manager and cheering him on. That's not a good. That's, that's why he's in a no-win situation. Yeah, exactly, and that's he's why he's in a no-win situation, Rafa. In the first place. I don't think. Yeah, he's maybe. I think. I think you may be right. No. But he's but in he's the himself in that situation. Mm. People, yeah. even Evertonians, are waiting for him to fall flat on his face. Yeah, it's it's just. Um, you have to pick. You have to pick a manager to suit the club you're at. That's that's the thing with every. Yeah, you know, very much so. To suit the job they're at, you you get the right man in, and it'll work. It doesn't matter how good a coach he's been in the past. If he doesn't fit the the club itself, Jose Mourinho at yeah. Man United, at Tottenham, etc., he failed because he doesn't suit the clubs you know what I mean that's that's yeah that, and that's the position I'm totally in agreement with he's you. not the right man totally to have a job simply because of his past but it it does make a difference and and you have to take these things into account but the second thing because I say and I think there's three things that are a problem the second one I'd say is recruitment's appalling and you've wasted yeah. so much money you put yourself in FFP problems for the next two years because you've, unless you sell like hundreds of millions of pounds worth of players to to build a new side, you're stuck with the players you've got basically for the next two seasons, yeah. isn't it? Before it clears up a bit. Because in the last three years, we've spent more. We've spent more than PSG, Jesus. Barcelona, Real Madrid, oh. and them, them in the last three years. That's a fact. Oh, Exactly. I mean, and your best players are, are probably the two that you brought in this season in Damari Gray and Andros Townsend that cost one point five million between them. And a couple of kids like Gordon that have come through the the youth ranks. So basically, one point five million pound players is are working out better than huge sum players. I mean, that's just absolutely. You can't have that. But we can't get rid of them. Yeah. The well, problem is we can't get rid of them because no one's going to take uh, £85,000 a week. He's a best division player. Uh, you know, it won't be on just on £100,000 a week. You know, who's going, to, who's going to buy his contract have Everton? Who's going to take him on and say, yeah, we'll give you £100,000 a week? You know, I'm just using them to, there's others, there's, you know, the guilty citizen uh, problem that we've got. Yeah, I don't and think anyone can see that you're not getting rid of. No, you can't. Fair, oh, it, still, it still means that we're still paying mm. the wages of a man who's doing nothing for you. And, and, and I, we've got a lot of players like that on big money. Is he not suspended without pay? Surely he would be. Benjamin Mendy is, for instance. I don't know, Trish. I wouldn't I'm know. I'm pretty sure they have to, they're suspended without pay or the insurance would cover it, I would have thought. But, you, you know, they're only, they're, he's only one small part of a huge problem in players. Yeah, staff. he is. Absolutely. Got to, you know, you can look through the staff and there's very mm. few of those players that you say deserve to be at Everton and deserve to wear the shirt. And until that's no, solved, they don't. which you're not going to solve while Marcel Brands is in charge because he doesn't seem to have the... Whether that's because he's not strong enough to say, no, these are the players we're going to sign and, and go with his, what yeah. he thinks, and he's allowing other people to constantly overrule him, 
even so, if that's mm. true, that's the, you know, if that's the problem, then he's still part of the problem because he needs to be stronger and stop that happening. He needs to say, no, these are the players we get. But if it's not, if he's yeah. the one that's actually choosing these players, then he needs to go anyway because he's still part of the problem because he's choosing crap players. There's definitely a problem there. He's, I think the money, he's, the money problem is mysterious, I believe. Well, uh, yeah, that's... As far as I know, he's the one who said, I want this player at the club. Hmm. So I'll go and do it, get it done, you know. And, well, you know, I'll be one of my profile players. Hmm. And that's not down to Brands, even though Brands is the man who should, as you said, stand up and say, listen, I'll tell you the one player for them. But if, he's the right, if Brands was the right man in the job, Mushiri would be listening to him, yeah. not to some advisor. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's, Outside influence, yeah. Utah, he, if he thinks, if he thinks Brands knows his stuff and that, and he's willing, he, he'd be backing him rather than listening to somebody else. So there's clearly Brands is not the answer. It's as simple as that. No, he isn't. No. You need to take, so you yeah. need to look at Rafa Brands, and the third one is obviously Mushiri and Usmanov. Mm. They're you know, interfering. Yeah. They don't know anything about football, clearly, though they think they do. And no, they, they don't. don't. No, they're, they're not football people. Right. Well, even if they are, I mean, yeah. they're not being funny. This is, you know, this is a very specialised world. And you, you, the best chairman and the best chair people, whatever, the best ones don't make the decisions as in, like, they don't pick the players to sign. They just go and negotiate the best deals for them. You know what I mean? You've got that, uh, yeah. what's her name at uh, Chelsea, for instance. She's not picking the players they're buying. She's li- she's taking the advice of the people in Ch- you know, in the recruitment department and then she's just going and buying the players they're recommending. That's how it needs to work, Evan, and it's not. Yeah. Right now. You've got to know who's yeah. deciding yeah. who to buy. That needs to change. He needs to stop asking about just sit out and... Do what the other, you know, do what mm-hmm. the other side. Work on the other side of the thing, the commercial side. You can console as that as to the umpteenth degree. You know, get stuck in there and get involved as much as you want. That's fine. Nobody, you know, that's not going to affect what happens on the pitch in terms of getting the right players and stuff. But until you change that, until he sits back and lets other people do deal with this stuff, you, you're yeah. going to be in trouble. You, you know, you're never going to progress as a club with him in charge. Is is how I see it. No matter how much he spends, no. because he's he's just wasting the money. It's, it doesn't matter how rich yeah, you are, it's how well you spend the money you have. And it's the same with the, really you know, because lot. he's a multi-million interest, right? And he's put a lot, five hundred million into the club from and players. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that he's created more problems than what we'd have had if we had no money because we got, we're up to our eyes in FFP now mm. and Isn't we can't mis- move forward we can't move forward don't you need to spend uh, 25 million to sell 25 million worth of players to break even isn't that right yeah it's, some, it's something like that because I'm going to join exactly yeah yeah it's, uh, we're in a financially very poor state at the moment, and the club is a bit of a mess at the moment. But, but you just got to hope that the players and the manager and the whole club get together and hopefully try and fight their way out of this mess. But I don't know whether they're up for the battle. I really don't. Hmm. 
Yeah, and, and until they change things, I'm not sure that that they can win the battle. Not with the no, way they're doing it. Not with the way they've got it. It just seems mm. a bit of a mess. Yeah, we need a bit of an influx of... Uh, we need TCL back, it makes a difference. It's not going to change everything, don't you know? Uh, we need a couple of players on loan in January to mix things up. Because you can't be playing Salomon Rondon and Alex Wolby every week when they're actually I don't not performing. What, what was so bad? Rondon was one of your best players last night, if not the best. He's not that good. Don't get me wrong. He's nothing like the player he was last time around. But he he certainly wasn't the problem for Everton last night. No, I'm not saying he was the problem. But he has had 11 games to try and get a goal. Some of them against very poor sides. And he hasn't scored a goal yet. I know strikers go through, but he's not even creating chances. Drop deep. What, what does Mo Salah do if he can't go forward? He comes back and gets the ball and does it. Rondon's not... And he's only yeah, just but, got fit. Yeah, but Salah's not a target man. Not a player who plays... On, you know, he's Rondon's always been a player. He hit it up to, which is what Pickford tried to do last night. Hit it up yeah, to and him to get hold of the ball and work from there. The problem, I think, is more that like nobody's getting around him. He gets the ball and there's nobody to do anything with anyway. So it's just no, getting t- it's getting taken off him. I think that's more of a problem than Rondon himself, and I think he's getting the blame because he's an easy target because the fans didn't want him in the it, first place. He is a very easy target because he's a Rafa Benitez ex-player. Uh, bring him in, you know. Uh, same with although Townsend has done great for him. Rafa seems to go back to his old stalwarts, you know, to get him out of this problem. And I don't think Rondon when he come was one of the most unfit footballers I've ever seen take the park. Yeah. He was well on the weight, and, and he was playing, and he, he was sweating like a pig from the first 10 minutes. He mm. after the first 10 minutes. But he couldn't keep up the pace. He was obviously unfit. And, you know, you can't keep playing players who don't perform. That's where the supporters then are asking, and they get frustrated, because... You've got to change something. If you just keep doing the same thing and getting beat and do the same thing the next week, the supporters get frustrated and that's what's happening at Boston and that's why the support is so toxic at all. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a real mess though. I don't know, and I don't see this... Can you see a way out of it? No, not at the moment I can't. No. The only thing I'm hoping for is, is as I say, Maybe scratch a draw, maybe a win in the next, although I can't say it, uh, next four or five games. And then get to January, uh, get a couple of loan players in because we can't afford to buy. Maybe get rid of a couple and then we may be able to buy one or two lower price and change things because you can't go on with what we've got there. Yeah, you're going to need to pull some out of your magic bag, aren't you, Sport Billy? Absolutely, I will, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even then, I can't see a rescue in Everton the way they're playing. I might get my boots on myself to be honest with you and get down there and show nah, I don't think things have got that bad, mate. <laughs> no, I, I, I think liquidation had come before things get that bad. <laughs> At your age, you couldn't reach down to put your boots on anyway. 
<laughs> I covered one leg, but not the other one. How about you have to get the missus to tie your laces for you and everything? I have slip-ons and everything now. I don't... Oh, um, God. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know you've given up. Your life's over. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, bless you. Yeah, you've, you've given up. Your life's over. Uh, one, one more thing I must have touched on. Uh, Trish, was the, the anomaly that's the uh, Ballon d'Or. Oh, <laughs> you might want to Right. But look, people are getting all upset about Messi getting it. Uh, and uh, Salah was only seventh, and uh, uh, you know Lewandowski should have won it last year. I don't know about this fantastic Ballon Ballon d'Or. It's just a newspaper poll or a, a magazine. It's no big deal, and I can't see why people are getting upset with it. It's because people are, you know, they they make it out to be an important award. That's why. And it's not. It's yeah. Not, it's just a popularity contest. Just a bunch That's of, exactly just a bunch of is, people yeah. voting. A bunch of. But the the reason why people get so annoyed is because it's a it's coaches around the world. But what they're forgetting Ooh. is coaches around the world don't know much. You know, usually you're not actually focused on, you know, coaches and players, they're not actually focused on a league outside of the one they're playing in as such. They're only seeing it yes. from the outside. So they're not really seeing much. They just remember Messi won the Copa America this year. You know, I mean, you know, he took Argentina to the Copa America. Yeah, the fact that he'd been shite for 11 months of the season and played one good month. Yeah. That's enough for it. They forget the rest because that's the way it is. For me, it's just a point. But well, people are getting really upset already. <laughs> I, just, I was trying to tell them, you know, it's not a big deal, you know what I mean? I'm not sure they, you know, recognise I'm not going to go to the ceremony, but only because... Paid to go, and you know, they're going to get money. Well, well that, otherwise, it's a nothing competition. Well, do it. The organizers even got getting that desperate to big it up. They were claiming that's the only reason Cristiano Ronaldo plays, is you know, that's the only reason he tries so hard is so he can get more Ballon doors than Messi. It's like, and Ronaldo just <laughs> come out and said, You lying, blit. Yeah, yeah, that's not what it's about at all. It's about winning trophies, real trophies, like, is what he was saying yeah. in essence. And he's right, it, it isn't about that. No, it's just, it's a nice award to have on your, you know, have on your cabinet, at the, in your cabinet at the end of the end of your career, but it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it doesn't mean much to me, like, no, no. It, it is harsh that, yeah. like, both Iniesta and Lewandowski are probably going to end a career, you know, retire without winning a, a trophy that they fully deserve. But at the end of the day, yeah, they'll still be looked at as two of the best players ever to play the game. But how, what I don't Absolutely. understand is, it's like the European awards where they had the best European midfielder was given to one player, but the best player was given to a midfielder that wasn't. Can, you know, it was Kante, it wasn't it? Won the best midfielder award, but your Jorginho yeah. won the best player award. How can he be the best player if he's not even I'm... the best midfielder? <laughs> and it's the same with this. Yeah. Messi won the best player award, but Lewandowski won the best forward award. When Messi's a forward, so if he's not the best forward, how does he win the best player award? I mean, it's mm. just things like that just show the, how 
how much of a farce these things are and how unimportant they are. Which is why I had to yeah, put it down to talk about. They're just a bit of a joke. Yeah, they are, yeah. It's just the people going on at the site of what, you know, it's, it's corruption, it's it's, it's just a, it's not even a, it's a meaningless uh, trophy for me, a money-making scheme for a French magazine, but there you go. I don't yeah, that's what it's about. It's about advertising their magazine and, you know, getting yeah. people to read it. I'm sure Devs would tell you otherwise, though, because he was on about it being a famously <laughs> corrupt organisation and stuff. You're like, no, yeah. it's just a, no, it's nothing to do with that, mate. <laughs> he thought they were a football <laughs> organisation. No, they're a magazine. And not even a good magazine. Really. <laughs> it was no. once, but these days it's just like any other. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Right, should we go on to the, have we got anything to discuss anymore? I was going to ask if you had anything else to talk about. Did you want to just, you know... Did no, you... there was only the one thing. No, you put up a day. I can see that a picture to talk about. No, um, no. I'll, I'll say the only thing I want is the truth of Alan Yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought that wasn't even newsworthy. That's how much notice I take of it. So it's, it's yeah, old, yeah. It? but then I haven't seen you know I've not really I've only seen a couple of things about it on the site when I've been editing because I've been busy last few days packing and stuff so and clearing right. up had this morning I think I told you I spent the uh, morning uh, clearing up a bloody flood so on a pipe base it's been a busy day busy <laughs> few days for me like so I've now got a, a my living room's just basically boxes piled up everywhere all packed so <laughs> Oh, uh, good, uh, but yeah, I, I can't think of any other news. So, I mean, no, let's Seamus, go on to the predictions. Yeah, it's going to be a bit difficult without Seamus in that year. And Rob, yeah, I, know. I don't know where Rob is. Well, he said he'd be here this week because he couldn't do last week because he works in a supermarket or whatever it is he works at. And he said they, they were just so busy with the Black Friday stuff. He was like, just couldn't get up. Yeah. But he said he'd be on this week. Maybe his maybe his missus has caught him cruising or something. <laughs> it's a difficult time, but it's the middle of the night, isn't it? Brother? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I mean, he's out cruising. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, it's difficult for him to get up and on here as well, like, bless him. Mm. Look, 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 with the only game leads, you want your only look at this weekend, we'll have a... I don't know what to do because yeah, it doesn't seem like it's a bit. It seems a bit unfair unless we do, like I said, where we just do one, one, two, two for all the for the two that can't. No, just three. Shit. Yeah. Uh, I've just realised. It's, it's obvious that I'm going to win it. It's obvious that I'm going to win it. See, I don't want people saying you only won it because uh, yeah, there's I'm not voting on. Good point, Billy. See you thinking there on your feet. <laughs> I should point out at the moment, actually, all joking aside, like at the weekend, uh, Rob got one score correct. Obviously, I'm not talk. I won't include where you got the right um, result. Just the score correct. Rob got one score correct, and you got you got two, and Abid got one. So you you actually caught level with with Seamus this week. At the, at the weekend, oh, you, were right. to, you were both up to 45, and Rob was on 33, and Abbott's up to 17, so quite a bit behind, like. Oh, right. But then well, I'm the going to give him a chance this week. Well, in the midweek one so far, Rob's got uh, one, two, two correct scores so far, obviously with two games left to play, and 
Abid's got one. And that's it. The rest of you got nothing. So the scores at the moment are Seamus is on his top with 50. So you're still a point behind after the weekend and the midweek game so far. You're still a point behind with 49. But Rob's catching up now. He's on 41. So he's caught up a oh, bit. Oh, that's a good... Yeah. Well done, Rob. Yeah, because he'd been dropping behind. So it did him good getting those two correct. And then Abid's actually yeah, caught he, up he, now. Yeah, he got off to a bad start. He's actually caught up as well, Abid. He's on 26 now with two games left to play. So, He'll fall down. He doesn't know much about football, really. Wow, well, obviously. Be... <laughs> that's why you that's why you visit the sites, <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, we'll just leave these we- the weekend ones then and... Yeah, we'll leave it this week and we'll start again next week. Hopefully, have a full crew next week. Yeah, I don't know where the boys can get out of bed. Yeah, miserable buggers. I haven't slept, (laughs) but I've managed it. (laughs) Miserable buggers. I'm I'm dead out of my feet, at least. I made it. Well, I will let you get some sleep, Dentress. I know you need it. um, And I'm going to go and have my tea. And. uh, yeah. And get in the shower and watch a bit of telly. Do I, not watching the footy then? I don't know yet. Speed. I might have a better, have a better watch it, but I don't know. My new Arsenal, I thought, be interesting. Yeah, yeah, I might, I might go and watch that, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Both crap, so. Right, Tris, I shall see you uh, next Thursday. Yeah, hopefully. And, uh, yeah, hopefully. and I'll we'll see you on the site. Yeah, take care, no. mate. <laughs> okay, next, thanks, Chris. See you next Thursday to anyone listening, if there is anyone listening. Take care. Oh, yeah, cheers. Ta-da, Chris. Ta-da, mate.